For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the daily tamid lamb offering this is part seven of the series so from this part of the teaching we can see that when yeshua died on the tree he fulfilled a variety of prophecies not just one and among the prophecies that he fulfilled in dying on the tree he fulfilled the prophecies regarding the daily tamid lamb offering so, in this teaching, we've been sharing with you the various things which happened in the temple on a daily basis with specific emphasis on the activities associated with the daily Tamid lamb offering, which was offered both in the morning and in the afternoon. And so far, we covered the watches in the temple at night and how they related to Yeshua's betrayal at night and then Yeshua exhorting his disciples to watch and pray, then we saw that the proclamation to begin the morning service, which resulted in the morning lamb being offered at 9 a.m., started at sunrise, when a declaration was made through the observance of sunrise, and as a result of that, announcing it through the blowing of silver trumpets, wherein the great gate of the temple was opened. And while this was going on, the trial of Yeshua began at sunrise. And as the lamb was selected, there was a process of preparing the lamb before it was offered in the morning at 9 a.m. Likewise, Yeshua went through a process where he was selected and declared that he should be crucified by Caiaphas, the high priest, and he went through an examination process, wherein upon questioning by the chief priests and the elders and others, Yeshua was accused by the Jews of blasphemy for declaring that he was the Messiah as well as being Yahweh. As a result, Yeshua ended up being crucified, and when he was put up on the tree was at 9 a.m. in the morning, which was the exact time when the morning lamb was being offered upon the altar in the temple. So in the morning service to prepare the daily tamid lamb offering, there were two drawing of lots. And in this section of the teaching, we're going to continue to show the process 
that went on in the temple in ultimately offering up both the morning lamb and the afternoon lamb. And once the morning lamb was offered, then this became the time of prayer in the temple as well as public prayer. And then a third lot was drawn to determine the priest that would burn incense at the incense altar. And as a part of this part of the daily process, we're going to see that this is the setting of Luke chapter 1, where Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, or Yochanan the Immerser, was selected to burn incense at the incense altar. That being the case, we're going to study and examine what happened when Zechariah was not only burning the incense, but offering up prayers to the God of Israel. These prayers included a personal prayer, as well as traditional prayers known as the standing prayer, or the Amidah, also known as the 18 benedictions. And then we're going to examine the events surrounding the birth of John the Baptist, or Yochanan the Immerser, as well as his calling to prepare the way for the Messiah through his calling to have a ministry in the spirit and the power of Elijah. So now let's look at the details of these things. To begin with, after the morning lamb was put upon the altar, it was then prayer time. In the Talmud, in Tamid 31b, it says, And he came down and went to the chamber of the hewn stone to recite the Shema, which is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and following. In the Talmud, in Tamid 32b, it outlines the daily prayer service that took place at this time. It is explained as follows. The superintendent said to them, Pronounce one blessing, and they did so. They then recited the Ten Commandments in the first, second, and third sections of the Shema, which is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 13 to 21, and Numbers chapter 15, verses 37 to 41. And they blessed the people with three benedictions, namely, true and firm, and Avadah, and the priestly benediction. Public morning prayers could only be done from the time of the morning lamb sacrifice until noon. In the Talmud, in Barahot 26b, it states the following. The morning prayers can be said until midday, that is noon. Rabbi Judah says till the fourth hour, that is 10 a.m. This is mentioned in Barahot 26a. The explanation continues in Barahot 26b, which says, It has been taught also in accordance with Rabbi Joshua, son of Levi. Why did they say that the morning tefillah, or prayers, could be said until midday, or noon? Because the regular morning sacrifice could be brought up to midday, or noon. Rabbi Judah, however, says that it may be said up to the fourth hour, because the regular morning sacrifice may be brought up to the fourth hour. So at the time that these prayers were going on in the temple, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 4, it is written, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, in the account of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on Shavuot, or the day of Pentecost, it goes on to say in Acts chapter 2, verses 13 and 15, in speaking regarding the reaction of what happened when the Holy Spirit was outpoured, 
there were those who were mocking and said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter proclaimed in Acts chapter 2 verse 15 that these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, or 9 a.m., which began the time of the public prayers. After the prayers, there was the drawing of the third set of lots to see who would burn incense at the incense altar. This is explained in the Talmud in Tamid 32b, where it says, He said to them, Those who are new to the burning of the incense, come and draw lots. The incense was supposed to bring blessing and prosperity to the one who drew the lot, and therefore a new priest was given the privilege of burning it every time. In other words, a priest could only burn incense at the incense altar once in his lifetime. In Exodus chapter 30, verse 1, verses 7 and 8, we see the commandment by the God of Israel to burn incense at the incense altar, as it is written, And you shall make an altar to burn incense upon, and Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning. And when Aaron lights the lamps at even, or in the afternoon, it is to be a perpetual incense. So this was the setting in the situation wherein in Luke chapter 1, we are told an account where Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, was chosen to burn the incense at the altar of incense, as this is going to be associated and connected with the announcement by the angel of the Lord that Zacharias is going to have a son, and he is to be named John, or Yochanan in Hebrew. Zacharias was a priest descended from Aaron. In Luke chapter 1 verse 5 it is written, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So in Luke chapter 1 verses 9 and 11, we can see that Zacharias was burning incense at the altar of incense in the temple. In Luke chapter 1 verses 9 and 11, it is written, According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And while he was burning the incense, there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. In Luke chapter 1 verse 13, we're told that the angel of the Lord told him that his prayer was heard. So Zacharias would have prayed a personal prayer as well as a traditional set of prayers known as the Amidah, the standing prayers, or the 18 benedictions. In Luke chapter 1 verse 13, it is written, But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. The Amidah, also known as the standing prayers, or the 18 benedictions, are prayed every day. In the Talmud, in Barahot 28b, it explains, Rabban Gamaliel says, Every day a man should say the 18 benedictions. Yeshua made reference to the Amidah prayers, which is called the standing prayer, in Mark chapter 11, verse 25, as it is written. And when you stand praying, referring to the Amidah, which is called the standing prayer, so how did these set of prayers, known as the Amidah or the 18 benedictions, come to be? In the Mishnah Torah by Moses Maimonides, who is a rabbi of the Middle Ages, he codified rabbinic oral law into different topics and explained for the different topics the rabbinical laws regarding that topic. And one of those topics is the topic of prayer. 
So in Mishnah Torah, Hilchot Tefillah, or prayer, 1-4, Maimonides explains, When Israel was exiled in the time of the wicked Nebuchadnezzar, they became interspersed in Persia and Greece and other nations. Children were born to them in these foreign countries, and those children's language was confused. The speech of each and every one was a concoction of many tongues. No one was able to express himself coherently in any one language, but rather in a mixture of languages. So we can see that in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, the Jews spoke many languages instead of Hebrew. We're told this in Nehemiah chapter 13, verses 23 and 24, as it is written. In those days also saw I Jews, and their children spoke half in the speech of Ashdod, and could not speak in the Jews' language, that is Hebrew, but according to the language of each people. And further explaining in Mishnah Torah, Moses Maimonides in Hilchot Tefillah 1.4 further explains, Consequently, when someone would pray, he would be limited in his ability to request his needs or to praise the Holy One, blessed be he, in Hebrew, unless other languages were mixed in with it. When Ezra and his court saw this, they established 18 blessings that are to be prayed in a certain order. So Ezra was a part what is known as the men of the great assembly. And it is they who established the Amidah, or the 18 benedictions. In the Talmud, in Barahot 33a, it says, Rabbi Shaman, son of Abba, said to Rabbi Yohanan, Let us see. It was the men of the great assembly, or synagogue, who instituted for Israel blessings and prayers, sanctifications, and havdalahs. In the Talmud, in Megillah 17b, it explains, The Amidah prayer. How did it come about? How is it derived? It has been taught. Simeon, the Pacuolite, formulated 18 blessings in the presence of Rabban Gamaliel in the proper order in Yavne. Rabbi Johanan said, 120 elders, among whom were many prophets, drew up the 18 blessings in a fixed order. So who are the men of the great assembly? According to Jewish tradition, the men of the great assembly, known as the great synagogue, was an assembly of 120 scribes, sages, and prophets in the period from the end of the biblical prophets since the early second temple period, which started around 516 BC, to the early Hellenistic period, which began with Alexander's conquests in 333-332 BC. The men of the Great Assembly comprised such prophets as Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Daniel, among others. Sometimes the Great Assembly is simply designated as Ezra in his court of law, and this is the term that was used by Maimonides in his introduction to Mishnah Torah. So the Amidah, or the standing prayer, are 18 benedictions, which are prayed three times a day in traditional Judaism. Two of these prayers are for the end of the exile of the 12 tribes of Israel, or Jacob, and the coming of King Messiah. The coming of King Messiah is associated with the coming of Elijah, who precedes King Messiah. In the book, The Messiah Text, by Raphael Patai, on page 181, he explains that Orthodox Jews pray three times a day for the ingathering of the exiles or the unification of the twelve tribes of Israel. So in chapter 19 of his book, entitled The Ingathering and the Return of the Shekinah, he explains, 
Ever since the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple by the Romans in the year 70, Jews have prayed three times a day for the ingathering of the exiles, which for them is synonymous with redemption, or the gathering uniting of the twelve tribes of Israel. And the ingathering of the exiles includes the tribes of the northern kingdom, which were exiled by the Assyrians in 721 BC. And the northern tribes will be gathered along with the southern tribes by the Messiah who will bring them back to the land of Israel. So in Appendix 1 of the Messiah text by Raphael Patai on page 321, it explains how the Amidah prayers, which the Jews pray three times a day, is associated with the ingathering of the exiles, or the gathering uniting the twelve tribes of Israel, and a prayer for the coming of the Messiah. It says, The requests for redemption and the coming of the Messiah addressed to God are a part of the Amidah prayers, popularly referred to as the 18 benedictions, which together with the Shema, or Hero Israel, is the most important Jewish daily prayer recited three times every day. The tenth prayer of the Amidah is for the ingathering of the exiles, or the gathering uniting the twelve tribes of Israel, northern kingdom and southern kingdom. The prayer goes as follows, Blow the great shofar for our freedom, and lift up a banner to gather our exiles, and gather us from the four corners of the earth. Blessed are you, O Lord, who gathers the banished of your people, Israel. In the book, From Exile to Redemption, by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson, in volume 1, page 156, he explains the Jewish understanding that Elijah will precede the coming of the Messiah, where he says, We have been promised, and he quotes Malachi, that Elijah the prophet will appear first to herald the coming of the Messiah. So, with this Jewish expectation that Elijah will precede the coming of the Messiah, Yeshua is asked by his disciples regarding this in Matthew chapter 17, verses 10 through 13, as it is written. And his disciples ask him, saying, Why then say the scribes, or the teachings of the rabbis, that Elijah must first come or precede the coming of the Messiah? And Yeshua answered and said unto them, Elijah truly shall first come, that is future, and restore all things. But I say unto you that Elijah is come already, and they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer of them. Then the disciples understood that he spoke unto them of John the Baptist. So since we have the principle that Elijah precedes the coming of the Messiah, who was the Elijah figure at Messiah's first coming? It was John the Baptist. His ministry was in the spirit and the power of Elijah. But Elijah will also proceed in his ministry of restoration, the second coming of Yeshua, when he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives in the end of days. So Zacharias would have made a personal prayer in addition to reciting the traditional prayers known as the Amidah. In Luke chapter 1, verse 7 and verse 13, it is written, And they, Zacharias and Elizabeth, had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both now well stricken in years. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and you shall call his name John. So the ministry of John the Baptist, or Yochanan the Immerser, was in the spirit and power of Elijah. In Luke chapter 1, verse 17, it is written, And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of 
Elijah. Zacharias was a priest of the course of Abia. In Luke chapter 1 verse 5 it is written, There was in the days of Herod the king of Judea a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia. So Zechariah was of the sons of Aaron. And Abia was the eighth course of priests. In First Chronicles chapter 24 verse 1 verse 5 and verse 10 it is written, Now these are the divisions of the sons of Aaron. Thus were they divided by lot. And the eighth course was Abia. In the Talmud, in Ta'anit 26a, it explains that in the first century, Israel was divided into 24 districts after the 24 courses of priests. It says, The following are the details concerning the Ma'amadot. The earlier prophets instituted 24 Mishmarot, or districts, and each Mishmar, or district, was represented at the temple in Jerusalem by its own group, or Ma'amad, of priests, Levites, and Israelites. Priests from each of the 24 districts served one week in the temple twice a year. The priests were divided into 24 divisions, with each division serving in the temple for one full week every half year. The division was subdivided into six families or groups, and each group was in service on one day in the week. Priests from each of the 24 districts of Israel serve during the biblical feasts. So while the course of Abia was the eighth course, because of the biblical festivals, the course of Abia served in the tenth week of the first half of the year. The ministry of Elijah is a ministry of restoration. In Malachi chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, it is written, Remember ye the Torah of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb, with all Israel, with its statutes and judgments. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet, before the coming and great and dreadful day of the Lord. The great and dreadful day of the Lord is the tribulation period. And following the tribulation period, Yeshua is going to set his feet down on the Mount of Olives. And the ministry of Elijah precedes Yeshua's second coming when he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives. Today, the rabbis have linked Elijah with the Passover season in the Passover Seder service, which is remembrance of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And as a part of today's traditional Passover Seder, there are four cups. And spiritually, the four cups of Passover teach us about our personal salvation in Yeshua the Messiah. The four cups represent the following. Number one, the cup of sanctification. Number two, the cup of affliction and deliverance. Number three, the cup of redemption. And number four, the cup of his coming kingdom. In the book, From Exile to Redemption, by Rebbe Menachem Schneerson, volume 1, page 99, he explains that in addition to the four cups, there's a fifth cup known as the cup of Elijah. And this cup is not drunk during the Passover Seder, but instead it is poured out. And the cup of Elijah is to remind us that before the Messiah comes, Elijah will precede his coming. So in his book, Rebbe Schneerson explains, the custom of Elijah's cup is rooted in the Jewish belief that Elijah will precede the coming of the Messiah. And the Messiah will bring about the ultimate redemption. Well, that's going to conclude part 7 of the series on the subject, the Daily Tamid Lamb Offering. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.